Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips doing a solo show today as a recap. The Week 7 Sunday action around the NFL. Patriots-Falcons game just wrapped up. Patriots get the win 23-7. Falcons really couldn't get too much going offensively there, so... That was a big disappointment for the people that ranked, you know, the Falcons players high going into a Patriots matchup. After the, I mean, the Patriots defense hasn't been very good, so you're expecting some things there, and you didn't maybe quite get what you're hoping for. But we'll talk about that game and more as we get going here. But make sure you go check us out on Twitter. We're at the FF Profit on Instagram. It's Fantasy Football Profit. The website's fantasyfootballprofit.com. You can always email us if you have any questions, maybe trade questions. You know, start sit questions next week. It's fantasyfootballprofit at gmail.com. And make sure you guys go check us out. Check our um, YouTube channel out. It's Fantasy Football Profit. Go subscribe on there as well. All right, let's talk about this Patriots-Falcons game. Brady had a solid outing. If you're going six-point touchdowns, he had 22.5. So a decent Brady outing. Not the, you know, big-time scoring output that you might hope for, but it was a good, good game. Deion Lewis, he seems to be the lead back there now. 13 carries, 76 yards. Surprisingly, only one catch for six, but he's getting the majority of the carries and something we've been seeing as the weeks go on. He's getting more and more of this. I'd like to play. I mean, I'd like him as an option even more if he was actually getting the receptions, but that's still James White, who had five. Gronk didn't do a lot today, only three for 51. Cook's got a touchdown. I got 65 yards off four catches, hoping at four for 71. So nothing spectacular there. Cook's was decent play. White, if you happen to have to play him, you got that touchdown to help you out there. But the Atlanta side, and until that you know late touchdown there to Julio, it was ugly before that. Matt Ryan ends up getting you 19, which going into this matchup, this was supposed to be, you were expecting a big, big output because everyone else has put up big numbers against Patriots, and it didn't happen for Ryan. Julio salvaged his day there with the at the end, 9 for 99 and a touchdown. That looks pretty decent. Sanu coming back from injury at 6 for 65. Freeman, 12 carries, 72 yards. So good yards per carry. Just They were down the whole game. You couldn't really establish the running attack very much. And then because of that, Coleman, just not much there, 6 for 16. So kind of a disappointment for the Falcons. And this is something we've been seeing all year. Their offense is just not the same as they were last year. And maybe it'll improve, but it's going to be tough to get. You know, they're not going to ever come close to last year's levels again. All right, should just run down some games here. Go, you know. The rest of the the matchups for the week. How about the Jets-Miami game? Miami came back at the end there. 17 points in the fourth quarter to take the win. Jay Cutler was knocked out. Matt Moore came back or came into the game and he filled in fine. You know, nothing spectacular. It's not like he's really an upgrade from Cutler. It's pretty much the same thing. Jay had 23 carries. Nice to see all that work, but only 51 yards. He had 26 receiving yards. You hope... He can get going a little more than that in 51 yards. No touchdowns there. Landry, 93 yards, caught a touchdown. Stills caught two touchdowns in 85 yards without Parker there. Both of those guys stepped up and were great plays if you used them. On the Jets side, McCown had a good fantasy output, which he seems to do, you know, on a, a decent basis here. 30.5 if you're on the six-point touchdown route. I still can't. It's, hard, it's extremely hard to trust McCown unless you're in a bind, maybe a two-quarterback league. Then you can play him, but in just a standard 10-team, 12-team league, playing McCown's going to be a bit of a stretch. The running game, no one's taking over the bat. No one's a clear 
player there. It's Powell and Forte, nine and seven carries there. Powell had 43 yards rushing. Forte had 41 yards rushing. Receiving side, Forte had 41 yards receiving. Powell had 40 yards rush or 40 yards receiving. So no one's really standing out. Safarian Jenkins was able to get another touchdown catch, only three for 21, but he's at least being targeted in the red zone. So with how the, re- the tight end class has been, he's a good option most weeks if you don't have anybody else because at least he's going to get some red zone looks. Moving on to the next game here, let's say Carolina-Chicago. Kind of a surprise here. Carolina is, we thought they were a bit improved, but now Cam Newton, nothing going today. Only 7.4 points through two picks, no touchdowns. He had 50 yards rushing to even make his day respectable. Because of that, just his poor game. The receivers, not much there. Benjamin at 65 yards. Funches 41. Nothing going. Running game, 14 for 48 for Stewart. Seven carries for 10 yards for McCaffrey. He had 36 yards receiving, but it's not, you're not, McCaffrey's not the player we had hoped he was going to be. I mean, he's a fine player. It's just he's not getting the production we had hoped for at the beginning of the season when you were looking at him as an, you know, at least probably maybe even a running back two option. I don't even know if he's a flex option at this point. I mean, PPR leagues still, yes, he had seven catches. So PPR leagues, that's a much better output. But in standard, it's it's tough to play him over some of these other guys right now. Chicago side of things, they scored both of their touchdowns off 75-yard defensive touchdowns. Eddie Jackson, 76-yard interception return. Eddie Jackson, 75-yard fumble return. So the offense did not do much at all. Howard, 21 for 65. Trubisky, only at 100 yards, throwing a 4 of 7. Just <laughs> ridiculous. They didn't have to do anything. Cohen caught 1 for 70. Miller, 2 for 29. And Gentry, 1 for 8. Just to... They didn't have to do anything. They got up. Their defense held Carolina. That's all there. I mean, they're all there was to it. Not much. Not much in that game. New Orleans and Green Bay. It was interesting to see what was going to happen with Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Could Hundley come in and be an option? He got a rushing touchdown, but passing wise, it's probably at this point this was the worst case for you know Jordy Nelson owners, Devontae Adams owners. That's this is not what you wanted to see. Adams two for twelve, Nelson one for thirteen, Cobb two for fifteen. Just nothing. What the bright spot is here for Green Bay, it's Aaron Jones, who looks like he has taken over the backfield now. He had 17 carries for 131 and a touchdown. Montgomery only had four for six. We've been saying this for a while here, at least a couple weeks, that Jones looked like the better running back, but it was looking like it might be more of a split going forward. I don't know if it's going to be the split. I think Jones has definitely taken over this, and he is... He's going to be the clear back here, and he's going to be a top 15 option for sure going forward if he, if he's the top running back here, maybe even better than that, which I'm really interested to see how this goes. But I like Aaron Jones. I like what I've seen from him. And at this point, they what what do they have to lose? They're going to probably try Jones and see what they got there. New Orleans side of things, breeze through the two picks, so it kind of hurt his day a little bit there, but still solid 331 yards and a touchdown. Ingram is looking great finally getting the full amount of work. 22 carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown. But Kamara's doing well as well. He's not going to get the big rushing numbers, 57 yards rushing, but he's going to make up for it with 50 yards receiving. So it's nice to see that from Kamara. He's definitely a flex option, at least going forward. Ted Ginn had 7 for 141. Michael Thomas, 7 for 82. So both had solid outings there. Ginn's is, he's going to have games like this where he goes big for the 141, then he'll do 2 for 12 next week. But, you know, when you're in a spot where you need to play a guy on bye weeks, 
Again, not the worst option in the world. New Orleans, they seem like they're a little better this year. The defense is better than you expected, I believe. Jacksonville and Indianapolis and the Colts couldn't get anything going against that tough Jags defense. 27-0. Gore had 9 for 34. Marlon Mack had 5 for 26, caught four balls for 40 yards. I still think Mack's the better running back there. He's the more dynamic, the more exciting, more explosive guy. And with this team, they're just not very good without Andrew Luck around. So why waste your time? I don't feel, I mean, Gore is a good option on a team that's a, you know, a good team. He's a steady guy there. When you're going, when you're this bad, why not see what the young guy can do? I want to see what Marlon Mack can do. And I hope Pagano maybe will make some kind of change going forward. Receiving wise, Hilton only a two for 27. Disappointing there. And just what are you going to do though when you're not going anywhere with his offense? Jacksonville, without Leonard Fournette today, it was interesting to see what was going to happen. Most people put Chris Ivory into their lineups. And I mean, yeah, it made sense. He, they're going against the Colts. Ivory's going to probably get the majority of the work. He did get the touchdown, 47 yards, and made, it, made himself a decent play. But TJ Yeldon was the story there. Nine carries, 122 yards, and a touchdown, which is nice to see from Yeldon. Don't know what this means going forward. Probably nothing. They got the bye next week. Leonard Fournette will be back the week after, and he'll be hopefully getting his 20-plus carries again. So that's, you know, that's probably what's going to happen there. Hearn's got five for 101, and Mark Easley four for 72 if you had to use them. Still not recommending using any of the Jacksonville receivers going forward this year. It's not a great option, but yeah, I know I know things happen by weeks, injuries. You might have to, but Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Buffalo gets the win here, led by LaShawn McCoy's 91 yards rushing and two touchdowns. He also got 31 receiving. Deontay Thompson, you know, I believe he got cut by Chicago not too long ago. Four for 107. Nick O'Leary only had two catches, but got 58 yards out of it. I know there were some people out there playing O'Leary. On the Tampa side, Doug Martin had 20 carries, only was able to get 49 yards out of it. Mike Evans did get the seven catches for 88 and a touchdown. O.J. Howard was a big story here. Six catches, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. Kind of nice to see that from the rookie. And Bray had six for 60 there. But if Howard becomes any any more of an option, it's going to hurt Bray, who was starting to look like a top 10 tight end every week at this point. I mean, there's still room for both of them. And Howard had was just left wide open on that big touchdown. They got the majority of it. So I don't know what that exactly means. I mean, obviously, Howard has talent. He's a first-round draft pick. He They want to use him. And you know what? This could be the sign of some things to come, but Bray's still going to be fine. Baltimore, Minnesota. Minnesota gets the win. And this was the interesting one. It was Jarrett McKinnon. Was the story coming in? Everyone's expecting McKinnon. He's taking over this backfield. He's looking really good. Then he gets 14 for 47, three catches for 10 yards. And Latavius Murray runs the ball 18 times for 113 yards and a touchdown. This is another one of those things where it's going to probably be week by week. Who's the leading rusher here? It'll be Murray one week, McKinnon the next. Hard to trust either of them. McKinnon and PPR still should be probably a decent flex option because he's going to, I mean, he still had 14 carries and he's going to get some work in the passing game. So still going to probably use him, but this is why I was hesitant about McKinnon. I've seen McKinnon for a few years now and he looks good at times. He looks really good at times. And then he has weeks like this where, you know what? It, they don't hundred percent trust him and they're going to use Murray there a lot on the receiving side of things. Adam Thielen, five catches for 41 yards. You'll hope for a little bit more. 
without Diggs there, maybe Thielen would be the number the best option, but they just wanted to run the ball today against Baltimore. Baltimore, you're just there's not much there. Alex Collins, 10 for 30. Buck Allen had six for 20. He does make it himself worthwhile again in PPR by getting the eight catches, but only 29 yards out of it. It's hard to play these guys. Alex Collins keep hoping to see something there, but I don't really think he's much of a NFL player here. He's a fine average back, but that's about it. And on a bad team, that's not going to get you anywhere. Buck Allen's still probably the better option as we go on here. Not a great option, but he's an okay flex option, mainly in PPR. But if you have to in standard, yeah, you could do worse than that. He's going to probably get you a guaranteed four or five points kind of a thing. Dallas just roughed up San Francisco today behind Ezekiel Elliott's 26 carries, 147 yards, two touchdowns, caught the one for 72 and a touchdown. Just a monster game from Zeke. In standard scoring, it was 39.9. In PPR, he gets over 40, 40.9. Dez got the touchdown, got 63 yards, seven catches. Solid outing there for Dez. Dak Prescott keeps looking good, 234 yards, three touchdowns. He's a top five option, I believe, at this point. And he's doing it most weeks. Yeah, I know it's San Francisco, but Dak has been great. For San Francisco, Carlos Hyde, 68 yards, got 20 receiving. So he's okay option. No touchdowns, though. Receiving-wise, Garcon at 49. Goodwin, 80. Not a, not a, just, it was just not a good game for San Francisco at all. Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh gets a win. Roethlisberger throws two touchdowns, so he's a decent day. Bell, 35 carries. 134 yards, and he also caught three balls for 58. So he just continues to be one of the best. The best to me, it's still Bell is my number one guy going forward. Zeke's right there, but it's still Bell is my top my top running back. Antonio Brown, not as good of an outing, but he makes up for a touchdown. So no, no worries. It's Antonio Brown. He's gonna be great. But Martavis Bryant, only one catch for three yards. I don't know what to think about Martavis Bryant. At this point, you are not starting Martavis Bryant. I don't I don't even get you can keep him on your bench, but I wouldn't start him until you see anything going on here because this is just it's terrible. You can find a guy off your waiver waiver wire that's gonna be a better option than Martavis Bryant at this point. And if somebody gets you three points, it's gonna be a better option than Martavis Bryant, because this has just been terrible. I don't even I don't even know what to think about this. It's hard to cut a guy with that much talent and you know could become a good player at some point here. But if you need fill-ins for bye weeks, if you need if there's a waiver wire pickup you want to make, I mean, I guess you could just drop Bryant cuz I I just don't know if I see you know, a lot of fantasy success right now in his future. Over for Cincinnati, Joe Mixon, you keep wishing he would get a little more work here, but today is 7, only 7 carries. Did well with him for 48 yards. That was nice to see, but just not there's not the workload there there yet. I know they were down, but it wasn't like they were terribly. It was only twenty to fourteen at halftime. This wasn't this blowout that they had to abandon the run so much. But it seems like that's what they did. And then AJ Green only three for forty one for Cincinnati. Just not a good good day for them at all. Chargers and Broncos. Now this one was a bit of a surprise. Broncos get shut out twenty one nothing. Simeon doesn't look good right now. Anderson was the leading back, 10 for 44, but they're down. They can't really run the ball very much. So it ends up being a major disappointment. Demarius Thomas, only two catches for nine yards, especially following up last week where he actually looked pretty good there. Chargers side of things, 
it's tough to go against that Broncos defense, but they get the win. But Gordon, only 18 carries, or 18 carries, only 18. It's still great, great amount of carries. 18 carries, but only 38 yards. Caught one for six, so wasn't a good fantasy output for Gordon. Team gets a win, so I guess that's all that matters for him there. Hunter Henry led the receiving with four for 73. Keenan Allen, three for 41. You really weren't expecting much, though, against this Broncos D. Rivers got two touchdowns, so he solid outing. But Chargers get the win, so I guess that's all that matters for them. Then we go another shutout. It's the Rams, 33 to nothing over the Cardinals. I mean, this one was a bit of a shock to me. We thought we saw Adrian Peterson just dominated last week, and maybe that's a sign of things to come, but only 11 for 21. And then Carson Palmer breaks his left arm, goes out. He's going to miss probably eight weeks. Drew Stanton steps in five for 14 and a pick going, going forward here. Drew Stanton as a quarterback. I am not liking the Cardinals chances. I don't like this for Larry Fitzgerald. Obviously, I mean, and John Brown and, and Jaron Brown and JJ Nelson can just be, I wouldn't even use those guys at this point. Peterson still can be used. Fitzgerald though. He's not one of the, he's not a top 15 option to me anymore. If Drew Stanton's his quarterback, this is going to be a worry for a while here. For the Rams, Todd Gurley just keeps getting it done. 160 yards rushing and a touchdown. And has 48 yards receiving. So just keeps doing it. Sammy Watkins, 3 for 42. I guess it's better than he's been doing. Woods, 5 for 59. Cup, 4 for 51 and gets the touchdown. But nobody's really standing out there. It's it's probably hard for me even to play a Rams receiver. I know people are still playing Cup, but gets yeah, he might get a touchdown here or there. But I I don't know. It's it, You're playing Gurley here and loving that, but the receiving options are they're okay, but no one's no standout, especially not Sammy Watkins at this point. Seattle gets a 24-7 win over the Giants, who could just do nothing. Eli only had 134 yards passing. Darkwa, after his big game last week, nine carries for 35 yards. I mean, he really didn't get a chance to get going, so it's hard to say much. Ingram, though, keeps keeps being a great option at tight end. 60 yards receiving and a touchdown. The rest, there's no one out, nothing else there at all. But basically, you you play Ingram. And that might be it from this offense now. Seattle, Russell Wilson throws three touchdowns in the second half for a big game. Rushing attack, both Rawls and Lacey had 11 carries, 36 and 34 were the yards. No, you know, difference really between the two. Not much going with the rushing. But Doug Baldwin, nice to see nine for 92 and a touchdown. Graham caught, caught a touchdown. He had a couple drops, though, that were pretty bad early on in the game. And then Paul Richardson gets the 61 yards and a touchdown. And somehow gets gets the touchdown on that just ball Wilson threw up and they give they, they give it to Richardson even though it was definitely a dual catch but I guess it goes to the offense so nice to nice touchdown there Tennessee Cleveland goes to overtime Tennessee wins just the field goals all field goals this game four for suckup three for Zane Gonzalez so when you see that you know there's not too much offensively going on Mariota was the disappointment here because a lot of people played Mariota going against Cleveland, and he gets you 8.9 points. DeMarco Murray led the backfield with 18 for 59. Derrick Henry, only 13 yard, thirteen carries for 13 yards. And quite a few people played him after he had the big numbers last week, which really, though, came off one big run there towards the end. And, oh, then this backfield just not what you expected a lot more from him. For both these guys, I thought were going to be viable options. And at this point, Murray still is, but... You can't really be playing Derrick Henry right now. Cleveland 
Kaiser gets pulled again. These quarterbacks just aren't very good for Cleveland. And Crowell, 17 for 35. You're not, he's not in your lineups at this point. There's no way you can play Crowell. Duke Johnson, though, gets 71 total yards. So six catches. PPR is a good option. He's by far the really the only good option on this team or decent option because it's hard to you really can't play Crowell at all at this point. And that kind of wraps it up there for the games today. Might as well just talk about quick, real quick, just some of the injuries. We talked about Carson Palmer. He's going to be out for at least eight weeks now with the broken arm. Mike Wallace got knocked out of the game with a concussion, didn't return. Jay Cutler got knocked out of the game as well. Matt Moore replaced him. It was some kind of chest injury. Not really sure what it is there. So we'll have to wait and see what happens to him, you know, going on here. Chris Hogan took a big hit, hit his head there on the ground. He did come back into the game, though, for the first, you know, offense series for the past in the fourth quarter. So we'll have to wait and see if there's more going on. Because, I mean, this still could be in concussion protocol maybe during the week. Not 100% sure. CJ Procise came back this week, but then an ankle injury again happened. He's, he's having a hard time staying healthy, which is disappointing because that offense... It, there's not much going on with that run game. Somebody like ProSize could actually do something there and, you know, be a worthwhile option, much better than Rawls and Lacey are at this point. Is that those two aren't doing much. It'd be nice to see what ProSize could do. Delaney Walker got, you know, an ankle injury. It looked pretty bad on replay. They're saying it's an ankle sprain. We'll have to wait and see how long, you know, he might be out with that. But it, it did not look good on the replay. That's about it, though, for the injuries. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll have the waiver wire edition of the show. And maybe a couple options this week. It's, I feel like it's going to be, you know, not as much as we've had in the past. It's mainly going to be maybe guys that have been dropped and should be re-picked back up. But we'll go over that for the Tuesday episode of the podcast. And I'll talk to you guys then.